morning. Um, I hope you don't have a graphic imagery of a lion when you think of my name, because um, that's just going to be really awkward. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the support. I appreciate it. Um, but everybody has their own definition of what a legit youth ministry is. To some people, it's getting a mascot named Christian, because that's an amazing name. For some people, it's getting an arcade. For other people, it's getting like a rock star worship leader. But we want to look at the Bible and see what the Bible says about legit youth ministry. I was on Google.com, and I was looking up uh, three elements that depend on each other to create something big and something huge. So I typed in three elements. One of the first things that showed up was Smokey the Bear. Anybody love Smokey the Bear? Only you can prevent forest fires. Some of you guys remember him? He was one of my childhood heroes, along with the Kool-Aid Man. How many of you guys remember the Kool-Aid Man? Oh, yeah, you know. He was this big, fat, like, red dude that would bust through, uh, you know, walls. And all the kids would be like, yeah, that's awesome. I'd be like, freaking out because my mom would probably kill me if she saw some huge Kool-Aid dude busting through the wall. But here's the reality. There's three elements that make up legit youth ministry based on Scripture. It's family, family ministry, it's ownership ministry, and it's church ministry. It's family ministry, ownership ministry, and, and church ministry. And all of these three ministries rely on each other to make legit, biblical youth ministry. See, those three elements I was talking about from Smokey the Bear were the three elements that make a, a fire. It's heat, fuel, and oxygen. You need all of those elements, and those elements depend on each other to create fire. We need these three elements in our youth ministry to create fire in our youth ministry. We're, we're that light, that city on a hill. All three of these ministries depend on each other to create real, legit, biblical youth ministry. Let's look at family ministry. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. And press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Moses is telling the Israelites, discipleship starts in the home. The parents are going to have the biggest influence on teenagers versus anybody else. You know why? Because you're spending more time with them. You're spending more time with them. Me and my youth leaders, we get a couple times a week with your students, if we're lucky. But you guys are living with them. And they see how you live. And you have such an impact on them when they see how you live. So you really have to step it up and be that Christ-like example. There's statistics that say that if the parents are in church, more than likely the kids will be in church. If the parents are in church, more than likely the kids will be in church. So you guys have to realize, even based on statistics, the parental influence is so huge. Cameron Cole, youth director at Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, says, there is a propensity in our culture to outsource the development of our children. For intellectual development, we send them to school. For athletic development, we send them to Little League. And for spiritual formation, we send them to youth group. 
The church has done a poor job of communicating to the parents that they are the primary disciplers of their children. Parents don't believe this, but the reality is that kids listen to their parents far more than they're going to listen to a youth minister. In our culture, it's easier, easy to outsource responsibility to everybody else. Because then you can blame everybody else. You don't have to take responsibility for anything. But God knows that parents are the main disciplers of teenagers. One of my favorite movies is uh, Big Daddy. Has anybody ever seen Big Daddy? It's an Adam Sandler movie. I love Adam Sandler. Some of his stuff is a little crude, but you know, some of his stuff is a little funny. Basically, Big Daddy is about this uh, bachelor named uh, Sonny Koufax. He finds this five-year-old at his door, and actually this five-year-old is the son of his roommate, but his roommate denies any claims that this kid is his son. And so basically, Sonny poses as this kid's dad for a long time, and he eventually ends up in court, and uh, the social services department um, is pressing charges against Sonny Koufax. But throughout this whole movie, um, this, this younger kid develops this connection with Sonny Koufax. I think a lot of youth ministers, we tend to pose as the parent. We tend to develop a connection with students where we take the focus off their parents. And that's a danger of being a youth minister once in a while. But in reality, we're on the same team. With legit biblical youth ministry, we want to help parents impress the commandments of God on their children. We want to come alongside of you. We want to be a listening ear. We want to hook you up with resources. We want to give you wise counsel. I mean, I'm not going to know everything about parenting, A, because I'm not a parent. It doesn't take a theologian to figure that out. But, you know, I, I went to school, you know, to do youth ministry, and, and, you know, I went through a lot of training on how to help parents. You know, and, and God has, you know, given me some of his own wisdom in that area. And, and, you know, we're here to support you. We're here to support you. We're here to come alongside of you. We're all on the same team. We all want the same thing. We want to disciple teenagers. We understand you guys got a hard job. You got to work. You got to be a parent. You got to make time for yourself. You got to juggle all these things. On top of that, you got to be a parent in society. And in this society, pornography is more accessible. Teen suicides are, you know, more of an event than ever. School shootings are more of an event than ever. So you've got to be a parent to a teenager that's exposed to all these crazy, negative things. They're at a higher level than ever. And we want to be there as a youth staff to help you guys, to be a resource for you guys, to be a listening ear for you guys. Legit uh, youth ministry is also church ministry. It's church ministry. Matthew 19, verses 13 through 14 says, Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Do not hinder the children from being part of the kingdom of heaven. I think there's a big division in the church 
A lot of times we treat teenagers like they're not part of the kingdom of heaven. My youth ministry professor in college said that youth ministry is like the Mickey Mouse year. You know, the head of Mickey Mouse is the church, and then the Mickey Mouse year is the youth ministry. You know, we support the youth ministry, but we're not going to really interact with the kids. We're going to let them do their own thing. We want them to learn about Jesus. But them kids are weird. They smell funny. They fart funny. They dress funny. They listen to weird music. We don't have anything in common with them. So we're going to let them do their thing, but we're going to do our thing. These kids can't contribute anything to society. We're going to do our own thing. And so they, they feel like they're deserted. We say they're part of the church, but they're not really part of the church. Psalm 145 4 says, One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. See, Scripture even tells us that we have a job to proclaim the mighty acts of God to the next generation. And when we treat youth ministry like the Mickey and Mouse here, we're not doing our job of proclaiming God's mighty acts to the next generation. You guys have more in common with teenagers than what you think. You have a lot more in common with teenagers than what you think. How many of you have dealt with sin before? How many of you have dealt with defeat before? How many of you have dealt with, you know, temptation before? How many of you guys have been rebellious? Don't lie. God's watching. There's repentance in Christ Jesus. It's all good. Um, but you've experienced all those things, and teens have experienced those things, and you probably experienced a lot of those things when you were younger. The culture was made a little bit different, but sin was around, Satan was around, temptation was around, defeat was around. How can you use your story, where you were dealing with temptation and defeat and sin, to proclaim God's mighty acts to the next generation? How can you take on the interests of children? And how can you find the common interests that you have with children and, and see the potential in them? 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Do not let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example. We have to live out that verse as adults and treat these kids like they're part of the family of God. Because Jesus says that a kingdom divided against itself does not work. And when we treat students like they're that Mickey Mouse here, we have a divided kingdom. You know, you might have listened to Buddy Holly when you were younger. And maybe some of these teenagers are listening to Lady Gaga, which I hope they don't. And maybe, uh, you know, you were wearing bell-bobs. Maybe the kids today are wearing crazy baggy jeans, you know. Maybe these kids have cell phones with the Internet. Maybe you had one of those fat 80s cell phones that you had to lift weights to carry, you know. But in reality, you've got to put those things aside. See the potential in these students. Find their gifts and passions, because these students are part of the body of Christ that 1 Corinthians 12 talks about, where each body part works together. Find their gifts and passions. Find their potential. Spend time with them. And as a youth ministry, we're the, we're the cheerleaders. We don't wear you know, crazy skirts and have pom-poms, because Matt would look really awkward with pom-poms <laughs> and a skirt. But we're here to encourage the church, to enable the church to come alongside these students. It's not just up to me and my youth staff to come alongside these kids. It's everybody's job. Heaven and hell are at stake here. Are you going to see the potential in these teenagers? Are you going to try to relate with them? Are you going to try to use your story to commend your acts? 
that honor God, and are you going to use your story to commend the acts of God to disciple these students? We see some great mentorship in the Bible, where the older are mentoring the younger. We see, you know, Samuel and you know Eli in that relationship, and, and we see Paul and Timothy, and we see Moses and Joshua. So we we see a lot of different biblical examples of the older mentoring the younger. What are you going to do to come alongside of these teenagers and mentor them and disciple them and see the potential in them? Youth ministry is also ownership ministry. Ephesians 4, 11-14 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. See, ministers were instituted to equip the, the church to have ownership of their faith so they're not tossed back and forth by every wind of teaching. If you look at the stats of high schoolers that go to church after high school, it's, it's nasty. Over 70% of teenagers don't come back to church after high school because they didn't own their faith. Because nobody challenged them to take ownership of their faith. Has anybody ever owned anything? I don't know if it's like a pet gerbil or a car or a house or, you know, your old Barry Manilow records, whatever it was. When you own something, you take pride in it. You want to take care of it. You guard it so nobody else can take it from you. And when you have ownership of your faith, you guard your faith. You take care of your faith. You make sure nobody takes that faith from you. Because when those kids go off to college, there's many different teachings out there. And they're going to be blown back and forth. But if they're ready for battle, they'll know how to stand up against that. Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God. We need to equip these students with the armor of God, where they're guarding their faith. A good soldier comes with their weapons and with their armor. We want to train these teenagers to come out with their weapons and their armor to fight and to put on the armor of God, where they're making their faith their own faith. It's not their parents' faith. It's not their youth pastor's faith. It's not their pastor's faith. It's their own faith. Because they experienced Jesus Christ, and they wanted to make Him the Lord of their life. And the biggest way they can show that they own their faith is through mixing faith with deeds. James 2 talks about mixing faith with deeds. Your faith is useless if you don't have deeds. And that's why we challenge our students to live out their faith. Through doing service projects and just, you know... Showing the love of Christ in many different ways. We challenge our students to practice spiritual disciplines, you know. We teach them how to have real Bible study. You gotta interpret the directions. You gotta know how to interpret the Bible. And we challenge that. We also challenge, you know, a, a strong prayer life and, and just staying connected to that vine, which is Jesus Christ. We're in a crazy dark world where truth is not absolute, truth is relative. We've got to make sure students have the armor and the weapons to fight. <clears throat> youth ministry expert uh, Hank Hilliard said, Youth ministry used to be about forming relationships with teens so that they would come to your programs. Today, programs are not the end goal. Instead, programs serve as open doors for building relationships. See, Ownership ministry and, and family ministry and church ministry is all about relationships. 
with all these relationships, you don't see a program. You see all these relationships coming together to make a strong relationship with Jesus Christ. We're about living out the Great Commission through all these relationships coming together. Where we don't see a program, we see a legit relationship with Jesus Christ. Why don't you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time we come together and just uh, learn about what legit biblical youth ministry looks like. Help us to do ministry with these teens. Help us to see the potential in these teens. Help us to treat these teens like the church of today and not the church of tomorrow. Because they are the church of tomorrow, but they're also the church of today. Father, we can only do legit youth ministry with your help. We love you and we praise you in your money and precious name. Amen. Victoria Cutter won the youth here. And um, I wanted to start off with um, would you all join me in an offering prayer? Dear Father, thank you for just having us here and bring us all together, just giving us hope and faith and just being our teacher. And please give us our strength as we go forth in all our days here with you and with your son. And please just um, show us that we are here as um, as your kids. And please just give us hope in our daily lives as we go through and um, worship you in all our needs. Amen. I'd like to start you off with announcements for today. My first announcement is the uh, VBS um, summer safari. This journey is going to be taking place all summer. There will be three legs of this journey starting June 30th, Monday at 6 p.m. This will go on to August 10th at 5 and July 14th at 6. The destination and is the ice cream social and fun time uh, next at the whole church <laughs> with the whole church. The registration starts next Sunday at June 8th. We're looking for helpers in the areas for VBS and you can find the registration and preparation sign-up sheets in the children's check-in table. Ladies, we are having a cookout at Jill, um, Jill's house, and you know there will be food, fun, and fellowship. We ask you to bring side dish and a beverage to share. This will be taking place this Saturday, June seventh, at five thirty p.m. And you, we can, we hope to see you there. You can uh, sign up and see um, directions in the church office. The Women of Faith Conference is going to be on August 1st and 2nd this year. And if you need tickets, we need to know today. Please contact the church offices to know. And the retreat, and ladies sign up, uh, retreat sign up 
is this year on October 10th through 12th at the Lost River Retreat Center in Lost City, West Virginia. The cost for this is $110. It's the sign-up starts today, June 1st. We need a payment plan. Then we we have a payment plan that will allow you to pay $35 in, in June, $25 in the month, every month till September 14th. And for youth, we have... Um, we want to thank you, all the youth, for coming here and just supporting us in this ministry and helping us with the morning worship and giving us um, some, something fun to um, be a part of. We'll, the youth will be having a car wash at, on the 28th of June near the Manassas Mall. This will be starting at, at 10 a.m. and be ending at 2 p.m. And this will be helping for the CIY mission trip this year. And we need script orders are due next Sunday, June 8th. And this is perfect timing for Father's Day gifts, as you all know. And if you have any questions, see Becky Spray or Penny Eisenberg. And one more thing. Tri-State Camp, the early bird registration fee deadline has been extended to June 15th. At that time, the camp fee goes up from $95 to $125. That's all our announcements for today. Would all of our people that have graduated from either high school or college uh, please come up? That means Cindy, get up here. Ah, yeah, nice try. Catherine, Adam, man, we always got to, like, tie a rope around Adam. Oh, there he is. All right. And Michael. McKinley. Elijah, you're like an eighth grade, man. You got some years. No. I graduated in one grade. We'll see. All right, why doesn't everybody tell us uh, your name and where you graduate from and what you're going to be doing in the future? My name is Michael Briggs. I just graduated with a bachelor's in uh, youth ministry, and I will be moving at the end of the summer to Las Vegas to work with the church out there. So, that's me. I'm Cindy Goldfish. I also just graduated from Liberty with a degree in psychology and life coaching. I am a academic advisor for the School of Business at American Public University System. I'm Adam Richards. I just graduated from NOVA with an AS degree in teacher education, and I'm going to start the online program at Liberty in the fall. Catherine Goldfish. I just graduated from NOVA with an Associate of Science, um, and I'm going to GMU, um, not JMU, <laughs> but GMU for uh, a biology teaching degree. Hi, my name is McKinley Hall, and I'm graduating from OP, so <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Here, I'll take it. 
All right, that's awesome. Uh, I've gotten to know a lot of these people on a personal level, and they're great people, and they're going to do some awesome things for God. Why don't we have a word of prayer for them, just to bless them in their future endeavors? Heavenly Father, graduation is an awesome gift, um, where you leave one chapter of your life, and you go to another chapter of your life. And I pray that you just uh, be with all these graduates, guide them with every decision that they make, and help them to stay true to you. Help them to... Uh, Stay true to that vine, which is Jesus Christ. I pray that you would just uh, help them to use the people around them to give them accountability and, and encouragement as they go through this next um, phase of their life. We love you and we praise you. In your money and precious name, amen. Thank you, guys. Give them a hand. We got another great activity um, coming up here in a little while. We got three students that are going to be baptized today. Isn't that exciting? God's awesome, and God's been working our youth group in so many different ways. Can we have those three students come up? Um, it's Sean Campbell, Tiffany Carter, and Victoria Carter. I want you guys to give them a hand. I'm going to put them on the spot and. Uh, I didn't tell them I was going to do this, but I'm all full of surprises. Can you tell everybody uh, your name and, and why you want to be baptized and what kind of impact God has been making on your life, if you don't mind? It doesn't have to be long. Can I be last? Yeah, right. yeah you can be last. Be last. Watch, your, watch your feet. My name is uh, Sean Campbell, and the reason I wanted to get baptized today is because I want to be close to God. You know, he's ever since i come here... These people have really accepted, accepted me to this church, and I just want to be closer to him, so, you know, that's why I want to get baptized today. Hi, I'm Victoria Carter, and I um, want to get baptized because I want to be closer with God and just um, show my faith in what I believe in. And I just want to give hope in others as well and show them that I can be closer with my father as you can also. Alright, I'm Tiffany Carter and I want to get baptized because I've been through like some hard times in like the past like couple years and like when I started believing in God that's when like everything's going better for me. So that's why I want to get baptized. All right, I'm going to do three for the price of one as far as a confession of faith. Discount price today. All right. Do you guys say yes or no after me, okay? Do you guys believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God? Yes. Are you willing to make him the Lord of your life? Yes. Are you willing to follow him every day of your life? Yes. All right. Well, we're going to see these three get baptized here in a little while. Um, we're going to have Victoria close us in prayer, and then we're going to get ready for um, our baptisms today. And I want you guys to come by um, after the service and check that out. And uh, hopefully it's an encouragement for some of you guys that haven't made that big step in your faith yet. Um, so why don't you close us with a word of prayer, Tiffany? Thanks. Victoria. Or Victoria. <laughs> Sisters, you know. <laughs> Dear God, thank you for just being our humbly wise teacher and just giving us our faith and trust in you. Please just um, make us as wise children and just um, bring us to the heavenly one and just give us hope and peace.
and may our uh, hearts be with you and just give us all that your strength that we will need in our lives and please just um, please just be there for when we are passing through your kingdom thank you amen amen alright give these guys a hand our youth are awesome for stepping up it takes a lot of courage We're going to be in the youth room just down the hall. I'm getting ready for our baptisms. Um, God bless you and have a good day. Thank you.